You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for June 25th, 2018. For the definitive version of the show, be sure to listen using your favorite podcast app of choice. On today's show, the crew discusses the World Health Organization and they bid farewell, hopefully, to GameStop. All that in the usual segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Max Level, a video game podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for the Max Level podcast. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. And they do have a new album dropping on August 14th. What is that called? Love to death, and it's going to be sweet. Yeah, I can't wait. We're uh, we're less than two months away, so we're counting down the days to the new Dance with the Dead album. Uh, obviously, that's an album that both Frank and I will be picking up, and who knows, potentially discovering some new music for our, for our shows as well. But uh, we've got a much more relaxed, a much more normal episode of the Max Level Podcast this week. Uh, E3 2018 season has come and gone. Obviously, last week we did a complete recap and, you know, every game that got announced, every game that got a release date attached to it, we, we explored in depth, talked about the next generation of consoles. If you missed that episode, go check it out. It was a fun one. It was long, but it was fun. So we have a much more normal episode this week. So this setting going forward, this should be the pace that we see now for the Max Level Podcast now that we try to dial things back, make it a little less long. So we'll see how this goes. We'll see where this ends up. Let's kick the show off the same way we always do. And that's with a recap of what we've been doing over the past seven days. Go ahead and kick us off. Past seven days, a little something happened, Brian. Um, the beginning of the Steam yeah. summer sale. Yes, yes, it did. And my, well, it's still not as good as they used to be in the past. Yeah, but true. This, this year's not that bad, though. This year's not that bad. I've gotten some real steals. Uh, I picked up all the Five Nights at Freddy's games for a dollar ninety-nine apiece. Okay, you didn't have those yet. I'm surprised you didn't. Did not. Well, trust me, gonna play them. Haven't played them yet. Um, I picked up all the Legacy of Kane games except for Blood Omen, which was not available on Steam. Yeah, which is weird. Only one that's not available on Steam, so that's kind of weird. Although, a little oddity on that one. I own, the only one I actually own a physical copy of at this current moment. Is Blood Omen. Well, so now you have the entire <laughs> franchise. You don't have the franchise. other games? That being your I've, favorite franchise, you don't own them all? I don't own them all. I've lost them over the years, like, through moves and stuff. Okay, weird. I, I probably have the I probably have Defiance laying somewhere, but I just can't find it. Yeah, that's but, weird. Uh, yeah, so I've actually I played Blood Omen this week, so it's one of the games I played. Okay. I forgot how much I don't like that game. The Blood Omen 1? Blood Omen One. It's okay. not the same as the. It's not the same as the original series. So if anyone's ever played the entire Lazy King series, Blood Omen One is more of a top-down RPG. Okay. Whereas the other, the other ones were more action adventure RPGs, third person. Okay. A little, little, little different. That being said, I beat the game. Three days. Uh. So they're not long games. They're not long games. <sighs> I love retro games. I really do. But it's so hard to go back and play a PS1 game. It really is. I'm so spoiled. Though. I'm so spoiled by my PS4 graphics and how awesome it is to go back and play a PS1 game. It's like I'm staring at polygons. I just don't like it. 
See, that doesn't bother me. Like that, that, that would be the um, the same as saying it's hard to go back and play like A Link to the Past because it's an, a 16-bit SNES game. Oh, like I, a, gra- graphics I, yeah, don't bother I, I, me. I, I get it. Graphics don't bother me. Yeah, graphics don't bother me. The story really is a great in Blood Omen. In fact, there's two endings of Blood Omen. Okay. The, the good ending and the bad ending are the exact opposite of what you think they would be. So the bad, I'm going to ruin this game for you because it's been out for over 20 years. So sure. my bad guys, um, I'll give you the basic rundown is Kane talks over as a nobleman. Uh, people attack him and his family. Someone offers him a chance to get revenge. That someone happens to be a vampire. The head of the vampires makes him a vampire. He goes around and he, and he try he gets his piece and he realizes he can't get the, the true piece that he wants without destroying it's evil group, the nine pillars. I'm sorry, the eight pillars, my bad. Um, of Nazgoth, which is the, the the land where the vampires and humans live and coexist. Okay. So he defeats all the, the he defeats them all and realizes that he is the ninth member of this inner circle. Like once you kill them, you know, a new one a new one will eventually rise. Like you could choose your own guardians kind of deal. He realizes that he's the ninth member, so he has a choice. He can either sacrifice himself and rid the world of vampires so that everyone can live in peace and harmony. That's the bad ending. <laughs> okay. Is it the, the bad, ending. is it the canon bad ending or is that your bad ending? That is, that is the canonical bad ending. Okay. The canon good ending is Kane embraces his vampire hood, becomes the most powerful creature in the land and the land turns to just pure desolation and wickedness. And that's what the, that's the actual canonical ending that they take and move forward for the rest of the series. So the good ending because in, 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 in normality that would be your good ending, whereas the actual other ending would have been the actual true good ending. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And Crystal Dynamics, they, I would love for them to just remake this whole series. Like mm-hmm. that would be the absolute pinnacle. I mean, they have, they have their hands full. They're they're still working with the Tomb Raider stuff. Not only that, but they're also working on the Avengers. Take your time, guys. Take your time on just Soul Reaver, even though I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Well, um, well, Crystal Dynamics is only working on the Avengers. It's another studio that's working on Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Crystal Dynamics, they made, they obviously, they did the reboot in 2013. They did Rise of the Tomb Raider, but then they started working on the Avengers. They gave Shadow oh, the I Tomb assume, Raider. Oh, I assume they had to, the Avengers. Okay. Yeah, they gave Shadow the Tomb Raider to a different studio in Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I stand corrected. Uh, other than that, I've also picked up my favorite two puzzle games in the modern era, which is Portal 1, Portal 2. Uh, God, I love those games. Love them so much that if you guys are avid listeners to our BG Mania, there will be a nice uh, Portal <laughs> 2 track for you. Been a few weeks. Been a few weeks. Been a few weeks since you had one. Yeah. Been a few weeks. Other than that, uh, I've been really plowing away at Pokemon. Uh, I know I mentioned every week this whole level capping thing is really messing me up. Uh, I'm I'm too powerful. I'm just too powerful. So you're are you are you still doing bad then or? I'm doing okay. Okay. Uh, I've actually, with the exception of the the, the super rare ones that you can't you, that you have to actually get through events and stuff, mm-hmm. I've completed the entire Pokedex. I have it all. Okay. So. Uh, I, I, right now I'm just doing end game stuff, but I, I'm, it's all there. I have a living Pokedex. It took me longer than I thought it would take. A lot, a lot of wheeling and dealing on uh, the, the global trade station in game where you have to yeah. do some trading. 
Um, so I'm doing a lot of wheeling and dealing with uh, tra- trade this Pokemon for this Pokemon because I know that I can get this Pokemon for that Pokemon. More work than that actually needs to be done, but they're helping me. I'm helping them. It's all gravy. They wash your back. You wash their back. Jump in the shower together. Have some fun. Oil up. Hit the gym. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, other than that, I really haven't played any other video games. I've been, uh, except for one, um, when we do revisit a classic, that I played the hell out of. Okay. I think you all will enjoy. Okay, cool. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll check that out. Uh, if you don't know, revisiting the classics now posts on Fridays. Uh, 9 a.m. is the audio version. Noon Eastern is the video version. We actually this past Friday put up two episodes because we are if uh, if you didn't know, Frank, if you you yourself didn't know, we are behind in revisiting the classics I, postings. Yes, <laughs> so um, this past Friday, we put up the Pokemon uh, red and blue episode we did a few weeks back, plus Final Fantasy seven. Uh, I will slowly catch us up. I think this Friday I'll do a, another double episode and it'll be the two most recent ones. So this coming up week, I will catch us up. I think there's three or four videos we still have to post that we didn't. Like I said, we got really behind with revisiting the classics. But um, so I still have three or four that I'll do throughout the week this coming up week. And then this Friday, you should have last week's revisiting the classics, which I don't remember what it was. Um, do you remember what we did last week? I don't. And. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what I did yesterday. Okay. And you'll have this week's review in the classics. I don't even know what it is yet because we haven't filmed it yet. So, so just keep an eye out. We'll, we'll just keep doing that and uh, we'll get caught up on RTC this week. But that's all you played though. Uh, other than I, I played uh salience, the, the free game on oh, the Steam yeah. front page, the free game. I'm, I'm, I'm a level five. Okay. What's, right. Do you know what the max level is on that one or no? Nine, nine. Okay. Are you going to try um, to get to that before the end of the sale? I'm going to try to get there by the end of the sale. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to plant the flag of level down games across the thing. We have, nice. a, we have a steam group. Yeah, we do. Join. We do. Recommend uh, so. I think there's four of us in there right now. <laughs> four of us now. Four of us now. More I'm later. It down. More later. Yes, you are. You are. You, you are in, embracing the old Xbox 360 days of achievement, whoring it out. But I do. It's what I do. Until they get reset. Until they reset me. And I'll break my heart and I'll never use Steam again. Valve's going to reset you because somehow they're going to catch you in the uh, anti, you know, the anti-vac cheating system. So the Valve anti-cheat system, the vac system. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That is a thing, by the way. Um, Uh, Oh, no, it is. Yeah. I I, I looked up um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is being developed by Eidos Montreal. That's the studio that was behind Deus Ex, uh, the two most recent Deus Ex games and the reboot of Thief from 2014. All right, so, so Eidos, okay. Yeah, it's it's still it's still Eidos, it's still Square Enix, it's still and Crystal Dynamics still obviously has a lot of control over what's happening, but they're just not uh, they're not physically developing it. Eidos Montreal they did assist Crystal Dynamics with the 2013 reboot and Rise of the Tomb Raider as well, though. But they're just you know they're just now taking the the reins on it, so to speak, and and handling the main stuff, whereas Crystal Dynamics is now putting most of their effort into the Avengers. I looked that up while you were talking. The only, the only other game I played, I played for about 20 minutes. I played um, Trails of Cold Steel 2. Nope, you didn't. Oh, wait, wait, wait it was you. Wait. That was me. It was you. That was me. Okay, that was close. Okay. <laughs> uh, I want to kick things off with Vampire, though, because I finished Vampire. Okay, finished um, Vampire. Yeah, I finished Vampire this past week. I had a lot of fun with that game, actually. I think I put... I want to say I ended up putting around 20 or so hours into that game, so it's not too terribly long, but I really enjoyed it. But it's funny. I didn't actually, I got through the entire game, not 
killing any random NPCs, like any citizens throughout the game, any named characters. But I still didn't get the best ending. Yeah, so, the whole game went out actually killing yeah, I, I Yeah, to get the best ending, you have to go the entire game without killing a single person. Um, I may, may, I must have done something wrong throughout the game. Maybe I accidentally killed someone and didn't realize it. Or maybe something that I did set off a chain reaction that someone actually died. Because I still got a good ending. I got, like, the next best ending. So there's four endings in Vampire. There's the best ending, then there's still a good ending, and then there's two bad endings. So I still got the good ending. I didn't get the best ending. Um, there's one minor difference between the good ending and the best ending. I would have preferred to get the best because I, I do, and I did look it up, I do prefer what happened in that ending more. But I'm still satisfied with the ending that I got because, to me, I still got through the game without killing a single person. I don't know what I did to set off the chain reaction, though, because this is a game that your choices definitely have severe consequences throughout the world. Like I was saying last week. On the level? Yeah. Like I was saying, like I was saying last week, you could do something and kill off a character in the first chapter that is imperative for like chapter five or six and you won't get any quests or you'll miss out on complete, you know, hours upon hours worth of story. So if you if you kill off these named characters, um, you could miss a lot of stuff. And I don't feel like I missed anything. So that's why I'm not sure what I didn't do to actually get the best ending. I thought I actually did that really well. I planned it out carefully. And it actually what's funny is the final boss. And I obviously it's a brand new game. I'm not spoiling anything here. But the uh, the final boss of the game, the less people you kill and the less you level up, the easier the boss is. So, you know, normally when you, you know, when you go into a final fight and you're not really powerful, you haven't fought anything, you're not really leveled up. Usually it's harder, but because the weapons don't scale with your level. So by the end of the game, you should be able to have acquired enough stuff to at least upgrade two of your weapons, like one, one gun, one melee weapon, or if you want to use two handed stuff, you can potentially do one or two things for that. Um, you should be able to upgrade at least a few of your weapons to level five quality, which would be like epic level or legendary level quality. So you're doing like, you know, anywhere from 600 to 900 points of damage, depending on what you spec into and how you do it. That's meant to be like, you know, like if you were leveled up to like level 40 or 50, which 50, I believe is the max level of the game. I I never reached 50, but um, I think 50 is max level for that one. But yeah, the less you actually level up because the weapons don't scale and the enemies don't scale the enemies stay the enemies scale with you so if you're if you go into the final fight at like level 25 level 30 the enemies are around the same level whereas your weapon could potentially be doing significant damage to like a level 40 or level 50 enemy so i actually went and wrecked the final boss like it didn't take hardly any effort at all (laughs) because it was really easy to do uh, because I had my my two we- my two main weapons that I was using were completely leveled up level five with all attachments included. Plus, I had the best serums equipped, you know, to, to restock my health, to restock my blood. I mean, it was really nice. So with that it, being said, though, uh, would you go back and play this again for a bad ending or no? Nope, I wouldn't. No, no. And I actually did type up a review for this. Um, it's sh- it's probably. Well, I don't th- I, I won't say it's up already because this post at 9 a.m. The audio version noon Eastern at the uh, on the YouTube. But I think I am going to put up the text version of the vampire review today as well. Monday. So look for that later today on our website, love 
I there will not be a video version of this review. Um, I, I have obviously gone back and, and thought about how I used to do things for leveldowngames.com, and I used to not make a video review for every review that I typed up. That that helps me get more reviews out. If I have to sit down and actually put together a video review, it takes me more time to do it as opposed to just sitting down because I can type up a 2000 word review in less than an hour. I mean, I, I, true. it's Brian quick. Brian can write. Yeah, it's uh, really quick. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm more for more reviews. You know, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So, you know, if I if I do more text reviews, obviously, that'll definitely help out the website and I can get more done if I just focus on text. I obviously I'm not going to neglect video reviews. There will still be plenty of video reviews on our YouTube channel and a good chunk of reviews that we do still will have video reviews attached to them. But if I just want to obviously vampires now been out for almost three weeks, if I just want to crank something out that's kind of released a long time ago or a couple weeks ago it just makes more sense to throw up a quick text review and get it done so yeah vampire vampire was the game that i put the most time into this past week until i played my last game which i'll talk about here in a minute but i do want to kick off i did play uh atelier liddy and suel the um the alchemist game the one that's made by gust and yeah, um Koei Tecmo. Yeah. um but funny thing is i'm playing it on the switch so I uh, I had I, I was able to get access to to the game on the switch. So I wanted to check that out. And it's actually better than I remember the other ones being. Obviously, they said that, uh, you know, they made a lot of changes with Atelier, Lydia and Suelle. The the time management system is gone. It's more just about like an actual RPG now. But you're going out and still collecting things. You still have to go out and find recipes. You still have to make you know, you're still going back to your to your atelier and, and making things with alchemy and doing that kind of like, that's how you progress. It's how you level up. Atelier is a drugstore, right? It was... Basically. Yeah. Okay. Basically like the first, like in the first chapter, you know, you're making medicinal herbs and that kind of stuff. So yeah, you're, you're basically doing that kind of stuff. Um, but they also, you know, they can craft other things as well. Eventually later throughout the game. I'm not sure if I'm going to finish this one though. I'm still, it's still not a series that I'm just, I'm not have head over heels about it. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy to say that because it is a JRPG and I, I love the art style, love the characters. And every time I watch trailers, I get so invested in these games and I want to play them. But when, when I actually sit down and play them, there's just something doesn't hook me about it. And I was hoping this obviously I've played every single one up till Lydia and Suelle. I've never finished a single one. Um, I thought maybe this one would be the first one I do. I put three hours into it this past week. And I don't even know if I'm actually going to go back and do it again. Uh, oh, wow. I might actually because I, I got through the first chapter. So are you finding like a short bursts or? Yes, but I'd rather put more time into other things, I think, at that point. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I'll hang on to it for a little bit and see if it's something that I want to finish. But I don't know if I'm going to continuously go back to it and keep trying again, um, especially with, you know, the JRPG that I am currently playing right now. Plus so many other good ones on the horizon in the next few weeks, like Shining Residence Refrain, Octopath Traveler. And then we're getting closer and closer to Dragon Quest Eleven as well. So just a lot of good JRPGs upcoming. And I don't know if I'm going to go back to Atelier Lydian so well, but I might. We'll see. Um, but you did mention Trails of Cold Steel 2 earlier. That was the last game that I played. And up until I started playing that, Vampire had been the game that I put the most time into. I sunk like 14 hours into Trails of Cold Steel 2 over the past two days. So, um, you know, when, when I when I start playing these games, I get really invested. Um, you know, the, my, I, I dude, I tip my hat to Nihon Falcom. They have a fantastic writing team and they make insanely good stories for their JRPGs. And what's crazy, and we know this to be true, they crank these games out at one per year, which no other mm -hmm. studio is able to do anymore. 
obviously they don't go, you know, they're not using cutting edge technology. They're not using cutting edge graphics. They are, you know, well, Trails of Cold Steel 3 and 4 look great because they were developed for PS4. But because Cold Steel 1 and 2 were developed for PS3, you are still running on PlayStation 3 technology, PlayStation 3 graphical capabilities. And it even still like the games don't even look like they're, you know, they, we're not talking like Last of Us style level graphics or Uncharted or anything like that. It's simplistic graphics. But that's what I like, because that means the Nihon Falcom can put out one fantastic 60 to 100 hour game every year and no one else is doing that it's just crazy to me because this is what i want like i don't need to have cutting edge graphics yes it's nice to have and yes i think there should be studios that do focus on that because we will still get things like death stranding we will still get things like spider-man we will still get things like ghost of tsushima and last of us part two but there should also be studios like Nihon Falcom that just focus on trying to crank out more games on a yearly basis, because I think that would be cool. And not necessarily like Call of Duty yearly basis or Assassin's Creed yearly basis. Let's branch out a little bit. Obviously, you know, Falcom, they do Trails of Cold Steel. They do Xanadu. They do Ease. They don't they're not just putting out this one game in the same franchise year upon year upon year. So it's kind of nice how they do it. But Trails of Cold Steel 2 is a direct continuation from the first Trails of Cold Steel, as you would imagine. It actually picks up one month after the first game ended. So the last game ended on a cliffhanger. Something happened in the last battle. You don't even finish the last battle in the in Trails of Cold Steel 1. You had, the game literally stops oh, midway through the final off. boss that battle. Piss me off. But something happens to like you still are doing the final boss fight. Something happens in the final boss fight in the first game to where you end up more or less you know, going away for a minute, but that's where the credits roll. <laughs> uh, the Trails of Cold Steel 2 picks up one month after what happened at the end of Cold Steel 1. And you're basically like right now, I, I'm still what's crazy is it took me four and a half hours to get to the prologue. And the next um, 10 hours or so, I've still in chat in, in act one, chapter one. So these games are very long, but I mean, obviously I'm exploring. I'm out there leveling up. What's nice is that you start out in your mid 40s because you are supposed to be a direct continuation from the first game. I did finish the first game in, in level in, in like the high 70s. So you're not starting out where you were at in the first game. But I think where you finished in the first game does dictate a little bit of, of what level you start at. So the higher yeah. you are, the the higher of a chance you have it to start. Like, I think you're going to start in your forties or either your high thirties, low forties, mid forties anyway, but where you finish at dictates what point you start at. Plus you actually unlock some additional items depending on what level you were at from the first game. So if you were a high level, I think it's above 75 and above, you get like a ton of bonus items. And uh, shout out to our friends over at Xseed when they provided us the copy of the game. They actually gave us all the DLC for free as well. So they actually unlocked um, to, to do that. They actually unlocked all of like these things that unlocked a ton of items for me. So I'm not struggling right now. Like I'm having a really easy time, <laughs> but that's fine. Um, you know, I have items. I have like 50 items that will instantly reheal my my party. Like it, it's definitely it, it, it's taken some of the challenge out of it, but. That doesn't bother me. It's fine. I, I'm using the items because they gave them to us. So um, having an absolute blast playing this game. I, I streamed it twice on Twitch this past uh, past weekend. Uh, I will continuously jump in and stream from time to time here on Twitch. I was just talking to Frank before we jumped on air. Um, 
you know, Twitch is not going, obviously, as I mentioned in the channel update, it's not as big of a focus as it was at one point. Our website, leveldowngames.com, is the main focus going forward. We are still going to be putting up videos on the YouTube channel. YouTube is still important. Twitch is still important. We're still going to be doing it. I'm going to make every effort to stream four or five days a week still on Twitch, but it will not be on a consistent schedule. We won't, I, I won't be saying, I won't be jumping on at like two, two o'clock and streaming till seven on a Monday and then repeating that on a Tuesday and streaming twice on a Friday from 11 to four and nine to three. Best thing I can tell you to do if you like watching me stream on twitch if you enjoy me as a person and you want to keep watching and, and keep up to date with me just follow twitch.tv slash level down games keep notifications on that way you're notified every single time we go live or if you miss the live stream that way you can go back and watch the video on demand so that would be the best thing i could tell you to do um, because there will not be a consistent schedule going forward if you go to leveldowngames.com forward slash schedule you will see that i have updated it to reflect that as well so um it'll it, you if that schedule will show when our podcast and everything else is going to upload or if we have scheduled reviews that are going to upload throughout that week as well. But in terms of Twitch, again, follow twitch.tv slash level down games. Keep notifications on. That way you're notified every single time we go live or again for the video on demands. Um, I definitely am going to be putting a lot more time in a Trails of Cold Steel 2. I, what's crazy is I can potentially finish it this week, dude. Like I get so invested in these games. I, 14 hours in two days. I mean, they're, they're any, it's, it's anywhere from a 100 hour game. You're not finishing it this week, Brian. You better not. Do other things. Go outside. Don't be don't be surprised if I say next week on the show that I finish this game. No, I don't trust me. I believe you can beat this game. <laughs> I believe in you. Okay. Well, no, because because just, 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 just the don't. rest the rest of the day today when we're done streaming or when we're done recording these shows, I'm going to be playing Trails of Cold Steel too. It's thunderstorming outside, outside, dude. So what run, am I going to go stand, 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 in the rain in the thunderstorms? I I, I know it's raining. It was funny the because uh, our our town tests the uh, tornado alarms every Saturday at noon. It was thunderstorming outside, like freaking pouring down rain, thunder, lightning everywhere, and then at noon, freaking tornado siren went off. I was like, that's genius. Test it during the middle of a thunderstorm that could potentially actually produce a tornado. So. Uh, you, you think they would turn it off when, when it's, uh, you know, storming that bad outside, but they didn't. We still tested it. I guess the difference is it only goes once when they're testing it. And if it is a tornado warning, it will run continuously for like five or ten minutes and just it's right across the street from our house. Too, so it's insanely loud. <laughs> but uh, no, dude, Trails of Cold Steel 2. I, I'm having so much fun with that. Um, I really, really, really want news on what's going on with Trails of Cold Steel 3. I just want XC to announce it. I do. Um they just haven't done it yet, man. And it's just unfortunate. Christmas 2018. No, I really think that I, I think X scene has now shown their cards for the rest of 2018. Uh, they did announce a new game at Anime Expo this weekend. So I, I think their their lineup for the rest of 2018 is set. So that means Trails of Cold Steel 3 is definitely going to be a 2019 title, which I kind of assumed it would be from the start just because it does take them so long to localize these, which just really sucks because that means Trails of Cold Steel 4, which is going to be out this September in Japan, won't be out till like 2020, 2021 here in North America. Just as, it's just unfortunate how long it takes these games. And that's why obviously people complain about uh, companies like Axis Games or NIS America also getting a chance to localize Nihon Falcom titles. Whereas I say the more the merrier because Exceed, you know, they they do. They are they are the best. Exceed are the best when it comes to localizations. They do really great work with their with their translations to, from Japanese to English. But they undertake the biggest franchise that Nihon Falcom has, which is the Legend of Heroes 
series. Those games take so long to translate that, you know, they can only do one thing at a time. But they, they obviously focus on a lot of smaller other titles from other companies besides Falcom. If they only focused on one game, then they would probably be OK. But if they did that, they wouldn't be able to stay in business as a studio. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just unfortunate. But it's just funny because when people are complaining about the Tokyo Xanadu localization, um, you know, the Ease 8 localization from NIS America, it's like, who cares? We're getting these games. Um, if they have rough translations, what, so what? We still get to play them years earlier than we may have gotten to at any other time. So I, I, I welcome more studios getting a chance to localize these games. Um, I'm just really hoping that when Trails of Cold Steel 3 does come out, it actually is a simultaneous launch on both PS4 and PC. I have my save on PC. I have my saves on Steam. I want to continue my story. Like, I want to continue my stuff without having to replay because there is a rumor that, well, it's a fact that Cold Steel 1 and 2 are coming to PS4 over in Japan. There's a rumor it'll also be localized into English here as well for PS4. I don't want to replay these two games to continue my save on PS4. I'd rather just pick up the game day and date when it comes out here in North America on PC and continue my playthrough. So hoping that uh, I'll be able to. If it doesn't, I'll bite the bullet and I'll just play Trails of Cold Steel 3 without my save. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to play through the first two oh, games again on suck. PS4. It, it would suck, but I mean, I'd rather do that than as opposed to playing, uh, you know, 180 hours worth of games again before I can play the next one. So um, I, I think that they kind of retconned some stuff anyway in Cold Steel 3 that that the choices that you made because they they are forcing you more down a, a narrow path in the next in the, uh, the games. Whereas Cold Steel 1, you had a choice of who you were able to date. You had a choice of what you were able to do, whereas Cold Steel 3 and 4. So you, mean, you mean railroaded? Yes, because of where the, the direction that the narrative went. So it, it's not as open as uh, the, the first two games were in terms of choices. But that's all I ended up playing this week. So. I don't know if I just focus on Cold Steel this week. I don't know how much more I'll get to. I will play another game this week because you and I are both picking up a new game. Uh, well, actually, by the time this post, we already did buy a new game. Uh, so I, I will have Mario Tennis Aces to talk about next week on the podcast. Well, those, those, I'm picking it up once we finish here. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, as soon as we're done recording, before I play Trails of Cold Steel 2 and once Jessica gets home, I'll be driving up to Best Buy to pick up my copy. So, um, yeah, we'll have that. And then um, I'm sure that we'll... Uh, I'm sure I'll have more than just two games to talk about. I always usually have three. But let's go ahead and move into the Weekly Scoop News Report. We have 11 items to talk about on the news list today, so not as nearly as much as last week. And I want to kick things off with a follow-up to something that we talked about several months ago here on the Maxima Podcast. Mm -hmm. This was an article that was posted on GameSpot.com. The Entertainment Software Association, the trade group for the video game industry, has issued a statement regarding the World Health Organization's new gaming disorder disease. I don't know if you've been seeing the stories that have been circulating the past week about this, but uh, this has definitely been at the forefront of most media outlets throughout the past week. The statement is highly critical, citing contested and inconclusive data and concerns of misdiagnosis. It urges the WHO to reconsider before officially placing it in the final version of the medical classification document. The disorder was named in a draft of the upcoming International Classification of Diseases. Going forward, it will be mentioned as the ICD. Symptoms include impaired control over gaming, increasing priority of gaming over other life interests, and continuation of esc- or escalation of gaming despite negative consequences. The WHO warned that those suffering from gaming disorder can suffer impacts to their family, social, educational, and occupational lives. Separately, the WHO listed hazardous gaming, which is when a pattern of gaming appreciates 
appreciably increases the risk of harmful physical or mental health consequences to this individual or others around this individual. So the statement that the Entertainment Software Association released, it reads as follows. It is extremely important to note that the proposed draft circulating is not final and it is still under... Is this, uh, yeah, this is, okay, this is the right thing. It is still under discussion and review. Experts worldwide are urging caution regarding the World Health Organization's proposed gaming disorder, as it may lead to misdiagnosis of real mental health conditions. It is concerning to see the gaming disorder proposal in this draft, despite significant opposition from the medical and scientific community. The research supporting inclusion is highly contested and inconclusive. There is no objective evidence to define and diagnose overuse, and that may result in misdiagnosis. The W. WHO should consider the mounting evidence put before them before inclusion next year of gaming disorder in the final version of ICD. Uh, as mentioned earlier, the ICD is still under review, so its content may shift. The ESA, for its part, is attempting to influence that possibility with its strongly worded statement urging the WHO to reconsider. I know you had a lot of strong things to say about this the last time we talked about it, so I'm curious to see uh, to see if, any, if, you, if you've changed your stance or if you have anything new to say since the last time we talked about this. I still don't believe it's a disorder. I mean, anything, anything you do can be taken to the extreme. I mean, uh, everything can be considered a disorder. And it really, yeah. it like they say, it discredits people who actually have mental disorders. And you know, misdiagnosis does no good for anyone. I understand, yes, they, they, they want to draw some attention to the fact that there are, are people out there who take their gaming to a toxic level um so 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 bad like maybe these people are mentally disturbed uh i mean you have things like like rage quitting sure yeah 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 yeah. okay um yeah playing a video game you get frustrated you get angry my throat controller break a tv you know what so that that would be more like i've seen i've I've seen that's more like anger issues I've seen this behavior playing Monopoly with friends and family. Yeah, where they like get up uh, and just flip the board, get all pissed off and throw houses around. <laughs> I've I've seen this uh, in the lunchroom when you're you know cracking jokes with friends. Some person takes it to to the heart. Flip Wait a second, is it, are these all things you've done? Don't be a bully, be a star. I gar- um, I guarantee, sometime at some point in your life, you flipped a Monopoly board. Yes, the game's never actually ended. It's been winning the game. <laughs> Just, that's what that's Jessica's favorite board game. She loves Monopoly. No one loves Monopoly. Something's wrong with that girl. That's what <laughs> disorder that has to be classified. <laughs> Love you, Jessica. Uh, like I said, I just I feel like we're they're, they're, they're picking on one issue versus the actual mental health issue. Like they'll work on the actual cause. Don't 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 blame video games for, for things like that. You know, people like to blame video games for like everything, violent, everything, for, 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 you know, school shootings and no, absolutely not. Like, no, th- these aren't the kinds of thing, you know, you, you blame Marilyn Manson for, for not for, uh, for Columbine. These aren't things that, you know, one, one does not beget the other. Well, that goes back to the Marshall Mathers days, dude, of Eminem, where he actually mentioned that in, in his, the lyrics of his song. It goes back to actually happening on the news. Well, I know, I know, but remember, like, that's the first thing I think of is that lyric from uh, Marshall Mathers. Yes, yes. Blame it on Marilyn. Then yeah. Marilyn but where were the parents at? Yeah. Middle America. Now it's tragedy. Now it's, a sad, now, now, now uh, it's a sad to see. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
I, I read through the article. I recommend anyone have to actually read through the articles themselves. There's a lot of actual mental disorders mm-hmm. that aren't even being considered mental disorders. Right. Um, there's also, there's also some political things there that I don't agree with, but whatever. I'm not going to talk about the political side of things. Of course. But actually, we never do. But the, but, the, but, the, but, the, but the video game stuff, like, it, it doesn't make a lick of sense. Like, right. Th- their, their argument is so emotional versus scientific. Right. And I do urge anyone that's out there, like like Frank just said, read these articles and reach out. Obviously, you know, the Entertainment Software Association Board is definitely doing their part to try and change the World Health Organization's classification. Uh, I feel like we need to do our part as well as, as fans of video games. I mean, this is something that we don't need. So like, you know, Brian, and I both agree, you know, anytime there's a tragedy, you know, it's or, or something bad happens because of, because of video games or that our heart goes out for that. You know, of if, course. if a video game actually were to trigger someone, but it's not the cause. Right. You know, you an emotional response is not to get a scientific you can't change science you can discover new science but you can't change what's actually scientifically proven right it's not right i don't like it agreed agreed okay well we're going to be keeping up on this obviously um the, the classification will be going into effect if it does stay the same sometime in 2019 so as updates come out on this we will definitely report about it here on the podcast because it's something that i am deeply invested in and i, I obviously want to see what happens here it's top. It always pops up top news for me because they, yeah. they know it's something I've been following. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk game announcements. We have two game announcements this week that I want to talk about. The first one, um, we, we got confirmation on WWE 2K19. So that that popped up this past week. WWE and 2K are dropping a flurry of news on WWE 2K19, including when you'll be able to play the game and special editions you can pick up if you want to score some extra content and collectibles. The game will release on PS4, Xbox One and PC on October 9th. And in addition to the standard version, there will be a deluxe edition and a collector's edition. Notice the platform that it's not coming to. Mm hmm. No, the game, the, pl- the, the, the platform that it had a terrible time releasing on and the version just ended up being awful. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they, they re- don't want to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they realize that they can't put these games on the switch. This doesn't happen. Um, the deluxe edition will get you the full game plus special packaging and access to the game season pass pre-order digital content and a collector's edition digital content. And then if you get the actual collector's edition, you'll get the full game, including all the content from the deluxe edition plus exclusive and rare collectibles and limited edition WWE Supercard content. Uh, WWE says 2K will reveal more detailed information about what's in the deluxe and collector's edition this summer. Uh, it, the article does say there's no word yet on a possible Nintendo Switch version. <laughs> AJ Styles is on the cover. The uh, the other game that got announced this week, uh, Xseed Games is bringing Karen Entertainment developed Otome visual novel London Detective Mysteria to North America and Europe for PlayStation Vita and PC as a digital only title this fall. This is supposedly one of the visual novels that fans have been highly requesting to come over from Japan. So it's kind of cool that this actually officially got announced. Uh, Jessica watched the trailer this yesterday when they announced it and she said it, it looks amazing. I mean, it, it looks like a cross between two of her favorites and it, it, it really does. Uh, so here's an overview. Eschew the frivolities of 19th century London's high society and instead delve into the curiosities that lie hidden in London's darkest corners in London Detective Mysteria. Playing as the heiress of House Whiteley, players will name their own Lord Lady Whiteley as they investigate mysteries of London and interact with personalities inspired by famous fictional characters, including Detective Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, Jack the Ripper, and more. Take full control over the experience by adjusting text speed or even the inv- individual speaking volumes of individual characters and their original Japanese voices. Obviously, these games never get 
usually translated into English dubs. Players must choose their words carefully as they interact with other characters, as decisions made throughout the story will not only affect special rewards, but will also shape whether Lady Whiteley finds love or something more sinister in the shadows of 19th century London. So if you're unfamiliar, Atome visual novels mean you play as a girl and every person that you're interacting with is a guy. And it's basically one of the main focuses of the game is to guide that character into a relationship and find love. That's what those visual novels mean. That's why I hope she finds love with Jack the Ripper, which you have played in Otome and in Hateful Boyfriend. It's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like that, that that's that's what an Otome is. So um, you, you, you guide this female character and, you know, and there's anywhere from like five to 13 guys that you're interacting with and each individual guy that you interact with is a potential different story. So Jessica always plays through these games every time that she has to, to unlock everything. So, you know, she invests a ton of her time into these and I appreciate that because she puts up some good reviews for it uh, and, and they're fun. So cool. Uh, but yeah, Jack the Ripper. That's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how that story would work. So uh, that, that definitely went on our radar. Obviously uh, we'll be picking this one up later this fall when it comes out. She'll get that on the Vita. She always gets her vision. I was on the Vita. It's a great system for that. Uh, I want to go ahead and talk some teases and leaks. We have two teases and leaks to talk about this week. Unsurprisingly, a new brand new. uh, Let me say that again. A brand new RPG, not a new brand new. A brand new RPG entry in the Tales of series is now in development for consoles. Bandai Namco announced at the Tales of Festival 2018. The game, which is not a remake or spinoff, so this is not Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, will be the first brand new entry in the series since Tales of Berseria launched in Japan in August 2016. Further details about the new title were not announced, but Bandai Namco did announce plans to hold a Tales of Vesperia 10th anniversary party at the Mahami Amphitheater on September 16th, featuring the cast of the game. So there's a potential that we could hear about the next Tales game at the Tales of Vesperia 10th anniversary party. So maybe they'll actually give us some details on it there, because that means this game will come out in 2019 in Japan, which means we'll see it in 2020 here in North America, because Bandai Namco is usually pretty good about localizing either the same year or at least by the beginning of the next year. So we'll have to they've see. They've been killing it lately. No, they have been. Yeah, they've, they've been doing really well. So uh, that's just exciting news to me because obviously Tales of, that's one of my favorite JRPG franchises. I mean, it's definitely top five. So I, I'm definitely curious to see what kind of story we're going to get next because Berseria was very dark, dude. Berseria was a dark game. It had a very adult story. So I'd be curious to see where Bandai Namco takes it next. Um. The other tease and leak I want to talk about this week, Soul Calibur 6 is going to have another major single player mode in addition to story mode. Producer hmm. Tahiro Okubi has teased, quote, we're preparing another major single player mode, but I cannot say anything yet. Um, so I want to get your opinion. Is there something in the first five Soul Calibur games that, could, that were single player that could potentially be added that wasn't story mode related? Or could this be something that's totally new? I can't think of anything that would be sort of maybe like a tower system kind of thing, like like Mortal like Kombat. Kombat does. Yeah, I guess so. I I, I'm hoping it's something bigger than that. I don't even. I can't even speculate. I wouldn't even know what, what they could possibly do unless it's like, unless you have the actual main story mode, and then you can have like individual stories. Right. No, I hope it's. I hope it's we'll something see. bigger than tower mode. So we'll have to see. Um, but no, it's curious. I mean. Royale. It's not a single player. Um, no. But speaking about Battle Royale, Bethesda did say that they have no interest in putting Battle Royale in any of their games going forward. So that eliminates the uh, the, the thought that I had that Rage 2 would have a Battle Royale mode in it. 
So Bethesda did say that they have no interest in doing that. So that's kind of cool. Good hats off to them. I, I love that they're sticking to the single player stuff besides Fallout 76. So. Which, still play single player. which you technically stand, still can play single player. You'll still see other people, but you can still technically play it single player. Let's go and talk some random news. We're skipping over a bunch of stuff. No DLC, no delays, no sales and revenue this week. So no delays. That's what I like to hear. No delays. So we're going to go ahead and random news. That's where most of our articles fall. I think we got seven things to talk about in the random news. Um, first thing I want to hit here. Online shopping is likely to get more expensive in North America soon. I don't know if you saw this. The United States Supreme Court ruled Thursday, this past Thursday, that states are now requiring online retailers to collect sales tax. So there were certain states that already collected sales tax for online sales, but now it's going to be a nationwide thing. Yeah, Ohio was too. Um, uh, This Colorado Colorado didn't do it. No. Well, Colorado also legalized marijuana, so um, Colorado's, you know a better state than Ohio and New York. <laughs> but um, no, it was a five to four decision sided with the state of South Dakota. South Dakota, I guess, is the state that took this to the Supreme Court and they they took it over against online retailers, Wayfair, Overstock.com and Newegg. But that means the whole that- state full of assholes. <laughs> Uh, CNET reported that this will now overturn a standing a, a 1992 decision that prevented states from collecting sales tax from online retailers that had no physical presence in the state. So now um, because of this, stocks from several major online retailers dropped, such as Amazon, Wayfair and eBay. So everything you do online now. I don't know. I don't know when this goes into effect. I'm assuming soon, potentially already uh, because it was a Supreme Court ruling. So that I'm pretty sure that makes it law immediately. But I don't know for sure, but um, that definitely will um, will impact online sales going forward, regardless of what state you live in. Which isn't bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean it it's not terrible. Uh, it does suck because, you know, if you had Gamers Club unlocked, you went from paying, you know, forty nine dollars for a new game to like fifty one dollars and twenty cents. Yes, it sucks to pay the additional two dollars for each game you buy, but it really isn't that big of a deal. So I, I don't, I I don't care. York, I, I've been paying these taxes for years now, so it, it's not it's not really affecting me. Well, Ohio, Ohio. Ohio was recent. Ohio was recent, though. Like it's as of last like the last two years that we've had to do it. So there there was a time where we, we you know, we weren't really paying sales tax on online purchases. But as of as of the last two or three years, we've been having to do it, too. So um, I knew it was only a matter of time before it was nationwide because if you if why would you miss out on potential thousands of millions of dollars if you don't you have need to. to pay for the space force somehow the space force needs funded dude it's got to get done we need we need space dominance so we need space dominance yes we need uh, to the unsc has to form so i can become master chief we, <laughs> we need so wait are you saying that the halo series is set in the future and that it's based on you Oh man, that is the worst Alexa, timeline. Alexa Cortana, same thing. That is the that is the worst timeline possible. Whereas you are the savior same. of humanity. I'm the savior of, of you all. You're welcome. We're doomed. Uh, no, we're doomed. You're, you're, <laughs> I, I'm the leader of doom as well. Yes, <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the doom space marines. <laughs> Uh, an interesting article I saw this past week. Since 2013, Nintendo has opted against hosting a live press conference for E3. Instead, the company has presented pre-recorded directs or digital events. But that may change. 
So in an interview with GamesBeat, Charlie Scabata, senior director of corporate communications at Nintendo, said that they decide each year what to show in the booth based on the content they have for the coming year. He continued, it really is whatever we think is the best way to bring those games to life. So they're not ruling out a potential live press conference in the future if they have enough content to show for a live press conference. So chances are we'll never see one again, because as Nintendo, and as we know, Nintendo never has enough content to show in a live (laughs) press conference going forward. But um, because of how they choose to do these things. So they they only focus on games that are coming out like the next six to eight months, which is why we never really have enough content for a live conference. But it does give me hope that maybe one day we'll get a huge Nintendo E3 press conference again where, you know, we have Reggie coming out on stage and a bunch of fun stuff happening. Like, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto appearing on stage holding a Hillian shield and the Master Sword when they announced, you know, Twilight Princess. Like, dude, come on now. Full hologram of Mr. Iwata. Be awesome. Can you imagine? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'd cry. Me too. Um... So if you uh, if you thought Beyond Good and Evil 2 was launching anytime soon, you are sadly mistaken. Another well, I even said that that game was so far away. But another article I found, according to Michael Ansel, director of Beyond Good and Evil 2, the first playable beta for the upcoming Beyond Good and Evil 2 will not be launching until the end of 2019. So the first playable beta is not coming until holiday 2019. Which means so 2020 game. this game is 2020, potentially, like I said, a PS5 Xbox next title, because I, I really feel like this game is going to shift to next gen. It looks like it should already. It looks like it should already based on the on the graphics that they're using. So, yeah, um, that means that <laughs> the article even says here it's safe to assume that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is no sooner coming out than at least the end of 2020, potentially later. <laughs> So that that you have to you again you like just it's crazy all these people talking about like how these games are gonna come soon like I, I was even saying this last year and, and previously when the Last of Us Part Two got announced that that game could potentially be a, tw- a late twenty nineteen early twenty twenty title like you just have to remember how long these games take to make so Beyond Good and Evil Two started development supposedly two years ago for a game with that AAA status taking anywhere from five to seven years earliest would be 2021 potentially 2023 if you if you go the maximum end of the scale so we'll have to see um something that i thought was cool that i haven't seen in a while sony interactive entertainment has announced a playstation hits lineup for ps4 titles at a budget price of 1999 per title so uh if you remember this is something that we used to see all the time going you know back in the day like you know the xbox what was the xbox 360 version called i think it was like was it classics or something i don't remember and then um They have a special branding, like Xbox yeah. 360. Yeah, whatever they called it. I mean, obviously, this is stuff we saw on, like, the GameCube with the Player's Choice titles. Yes. Um, PlayStation obviously calls it PlayStation Hits. So the first batch of PlayStation Hits that are going to be 1999 here in North America launches on June 28th. So that's um, Thursday. That's Thursday. So thir- Thursday, this PlayStation Hits lineup will be hitting for 20 bucks a piece. You'll be able to pick up Bloodborne, Battlefield 4, Doom, Drive Club, Infamous Second Son, Killzone Shadowfall, The Last of Us Remastered, Little Big Planet 3, Metal Gear Solid 5 Definitive Experience, Project Cars, Ratchet and Clank, Street Fighter 5, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, Yakuza Kiwami, and Yakuza 0. Not a bad lineup for 20 bucks a piece. You can get Street Fighter 5. Yeah. Not a bad lineup for 20 bucks a piece, though, dude. That's not bad. I'm surprised Kiwami's only 20 bucks. Yeah, 
Yeah, Kwame and Zero, but obviously, you know, those those are the two oldest ones. Uh, Six just came out earlier this year, and Kwame 2 is set to launch in August, so... Um, pretty cool though. I, I like this initiative. I like that they're obviously, you know, new release games. They have the little, you know, different packaging. They have uh, a red spines on them so that you know that they're PlayStation hits. Plus it has PlayStation hits at the top right underneath the blue PS4 bar. So pretty, pretty cool that, uh, you know, I always like when, when companies do this. Um, something I talked to you about earlier in the week, but I do want to mention on the podcast, Falcom is considering turning its 2015 launched PlayStation Vita action RPG Tokyo Xanadu, which has since been since seen enhanced ports for PS4 and PC into a franchise moving forward. And this is coming right from the company president, uh, Toshihiro Kondo. So that's exciting to me. I loved, love, love, love Tokyo Xanadu X plus. I put 90 plus hours of that game on the PS4 this past December, but it's cool. Because Tokyo Xanadu was a fantastic game, dude. And obviously, like I said, we mentioned this last week on the BG Mania episode when we were talking about Yuzo Koshiro. Um, the Xanadu franchise was at one point all directly closely related to the Legend of Heroes franchise, which now encompasses Trails of Cold Steel, Trails of Cold Steel 2, 3, 4. So in some fashion, Tokyo Xanadu is related to that. And you could clearly tell. Because it looks identical. <laughs> like the, the game is basically it's, running it's, it's on like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. These games all just connect. Yeah, they, they basically um, they basically it's running on the same engine of Trails of Cold Steel. It's a great thing. Uh, but there are some interesting bullet points that I do want to mention before we move on. So Tokyo Xanadu launched as a title within a completely new IP. So the, obviously Xanadu was a new was an IP. Xanadu Next was a game the, they're considering Tokyo Xanadu now separate from that. So they're trying to create this and make this a new IP, even though it has the same similar ties to things from the past. It says, while there has only been one entry so far, it was received extremely well, and Falcom is now considering turning it into a franchise and making it one of its mainstay titles alongside The Legend of Heroes and Eves, which would be great. Uh, the Trail series has now surpassed a total of 3.5 million units sold worldwide. Within that, the three entries in the latest series, Trails of Cold Steel, have surpassed 1.3 million total sales. Uh, that's huge for Falcom. Falcom is a, I don't know if you know this, Smalcom, Smalcom, my God, Falcom, Falcom. Smalcom, Falcom is a very small company. So it, it's crazy that uh, a studio that small can actually crank out these amazing games. So for Trails of Cold Steel 1, 2, and 3, having sold a combined 1.3 million units, you know, you're looking at anywhere, you know, right around 400,000 copies per game. That's actually really good for them. And that actually is a huge profit for them. So that's actually really impressive. Uh, the E-series, like Final Fantasy, is celebrating its 30th anniversary and has become Falcom's representative work in Western and Asian countries. Including the latest entry, E's 8, Falcom has many top, many long-selling titles in the series. Even titles released 10 years ago still tend to sell 200,000 to 300,000 units in North America, which is pretty cool. So games like E's 1 and 2, E's Origins, those still sell uh, 200,000, 300,000 units here in North America, which again turns a profit, and it's exciting. Uh, and it actually says here, Nihon Falcom has a select team of a little over 50 employees so they only have That's 50 small. yeah they only have 50 people over there at Nihon Falcom working on these titles uh, it says major companies with 80 to 100 people nowadays take over two years to produce one title and that time is only longer when you're talking about overseas game development here in North America in the meantime Falcom wants to keep up its pace of releasing one new RPG every year with its small but efficient staff so, dude, I really think Falcom may be my favorite game developer now just because they have the right approach to this. Keep the studio small, keep the tech in check, keep your expectations set, turn a profit, release one game a year. And they're great games. So I, I can't complain. Neon Falcom is really eat, sleep, pump a game out, repeat. Yeah, they're, they're really setting the bar when it comes to uh, when it comes to putting out JRPGs. 
Let's go ahead and hit two. Uh, let's go ahead and hit two release dates for the rest of to wrap up the random news here. So Valkyria Chronicles Four is going to be launching for PS4. Surprisingly enough, I was wrong. Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. So that game is coming to Xbox. You were right when we watched the um, when we watched the trailer on it, and I was wrong. It's it's a rarity, but I'll take it. It is a rarity. I thought you were just joking around, but yeah, the Akira Chronicles Four <laughs> no, launching. No, I, I, I read that, and I was like, yeah. "Why are you lying to me, Brian?" PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC on September 25th here in North America and Europe. And as I mentioned during that, uh, in North America, pre-orders and first-run physical copies of Valkyria Chronicles 4 will come packaged as a launch edition, which will include an exclusive controller skin featuring Ragnarok the Medic Dog for your platform of choice. So you just slap it on the controller and you have a nice little uh, Valkyria Chronicles 4-themed controller, which, you know what, I'm going to do it. It looks cool. So I know you will. Yeah, pretty cool. And then the last release date we have for this week, the first episode of Life is Strange 2 will be launching for PS4, Xbox One and PC on September 27th. Publisher Square Enix and developer Don't Not Entertainment announced. Uh, we do know that Life is Strange 2 will consist of five episodes, just like the first Life is Strange. And more information about the sequel will be announced in August. So they, they put up a 20 second teaser trailer um, kind of highlighting the release date. It's just the actual stitching of Life is Strange 2 being done on a backpack. So, again, uh, there's a game coming out this week that uh, is supposed to be a direct tie in to Life is Strange 2. So I'd highly recommend playing that. We'll talk about it here in a minute to uh, to get an idea of, of what the story is going to be like in Life is Strange 2. But that's it for the Weekly Scoop News Report. And those games are coming in September. Valkyria Chronicles 4, September 25th. Life is Strange 2, September 27th. Let's talk about what's releasing now. Yeah, this we live week. in the now, Brian. What do we got? Let's talk about what's releasing this week and the new releases for the week of June 25th. We have several games to talk about. We're going to kick things off with tomorrow, Tuesday, June 26th. Coming to Nintendo Switch, De Blob Remastered. The Blob is a 2008 platform puzzle video game. The game has players explore and liberate an alien city from the evil monochromatic inked corporation that has taken over the city and outlawed all color and fun from daily life. Playing as the Blob, players embark on a quest to reanimate the fictional place of Chroma City and free it from the inked corporation by splattering buildings, landmarks and citizens with color. This is also this is obviously a remastered version of the 2008 Wii released game. Um, it's it's okay. It's it's okay. It's not a bad game. It's okay. I don't know. Yeah, it, I I don't think I'll pick up the remastered version. But if I had never played this game before, I would highly consider checking it out. But I did play the Wii version, so I don't think I'll pick. I don't pick. I won't probably pick this one up. What about you? Wow, it's it's almost ten years to the day. Yeah, almost. It came yeah. out June 27, 2008. Yeah, the remaster June 26. That's, that's pretty cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's kind of neat. I kind of wish they would have just released it on Wednesday to make it an actual like a 10 year yeah. anniversary thing. Uh, also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, June 26th to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4 and Xbox One, Illuminous Remastered. The critically acclaimed okay. puzzle game produced by legendary creator Tetsuya Mizuguchi is back. An HD remaster of the original game, Luminous Remastered, beautifully marries the elements of sound, light, and puzzle action into one addictive yet easy-to-play game. You're at the center of the high-energy block-dropping action while you groove to awesome house, trance, and techno beats. Uh, this is the reason you bought a PSP, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Or the reason that you want a PSP, if I remember the story yeah. correctly. Um, are you going to pick this up? Switch has to be for Switch. I was gonna say, are you gonna buy this on Switch? Because this seems like a perfect Switch game. This is a Switch game through and through. I love this game and the, the soundtrack to this one. I'm surprised I haven't picked from it yet. Yeah, for for BG Mania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of figured you would buy this on Switch because obviously the Switch is like the modern day handheld version of, of a PSP and a Vita, so it, it seems like it'd be right at home on the Switch. So pretty cool. 
In fact, in fact, I still have this on the PSP, and I actually do play it from time to time. Do you? Nice. Uh-huh. Well, the remastered version will be even prettier. So there you go. That, that I can take everywhere. Nah, you can take it everywhere. What do you oh, think? Oh, the... oh, wait, wait, oh wait, you can take the PSP everywhere too. <laughs> what does I say? The PSP isn't like tethered to a wall. <laughs> uh, also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, June 26th, coming to Xbox One, Near Automata. Near Automata tells the story of Androids 2B, 9S, and A2 and their battle to reclaim the machine-driven dystopia overrun by powerful machines. I'm going to put out a plea right now. If for whatever reason you are a strict Xbox gamer, you don't have a PS4, you don't have a gaming PC, do yourself a favor, buy Near Automata. This game is so good. It's recently surpassed 3 million units sold as of this as of this month. And it is one of becoming one of Square Enix's most successful current generation titles, so much so that because it sold so well, they are turning this into one of their biggest IPs and franchises moving forward. Near Automata left a lasting impression on me that still holds true to this day. Uh, the game is so good. The story that they tell is excellent. There's seven different endings. How you actually get these endings is very intuitive and very unique. It definitely makes you want to play through the game seven times because you don't have to play through the entire game seven times. You are skipping around, but it's so good, dude. And the soundtrack, top of the top of the class. Obviously, we've heard tracks of this on BG Mania. Uh, I still regularly hear the amusement park theme in my head going like on a, on a day to day basis. Like this game is just so good, dude. Like if you are a strict Xbox gamer, you owe it to yourself to play in the Automata. It's it's I, I really want you to play this game, too. Uh, it, it's great. I, 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 I really I love Android 17 and 18 and all the work they do with Dr. Jorio, so maybe we'll check this out. No, different Androids. Oh, that's Dragon Ball. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, a game I already talked about a little bit when we were talking about Life is Strange 2 coming tomorrow to PC, PS4, Xbox One, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Have you ever dreamt of being a superhero? Meet Chris, a creative and imaginative nine-year-old boy who escapes reality with fantastical adventures as his alter ego, the awesome Captain Spirit. Captain Spirit is a free demo set in the Life is Strange universe. So it's a free one-off game, one chapter, probably three to four hours worth of a gameplay experience that is a direct lead into Life is Strange 2. And they said that if you pay attention to the story and the background of what's going on in the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, you will be able to get clues as to the setting and the characters of Life is Strange 2. So, but you will have to pay attention because the narrative is not directly telling you who it is. So it's it's going to be either found gonna, in like I'm going to pay super attention. It's, gonna, I, I, it's, it's probably going to be found in like newspaper articles or pictures or you might see something off in the distance that you, that, that you won't even know is a direct tie into Life is Strange 2. But that's we already the, know who the characters are. Their names are Chloe and Max. OK, I don't think so. I actually don't think so. I re- I'm almost positive that Life is Strange 2 is a different cast. Almost positive. The uh, I actually thought that either Chloe or Max was going to be uh, Chris's mom based on the pictures <laughs> that they showed in the box, but it's not. So uh, pretty cool, though. The last game coming tomorrow, coming to Nintendo Switch, the last platform this game had to release on Ease 8 Lacrimosa of Donna. So it is now it is now hit every platform. Finally, obviously, the Switch version was delayed the same time the PC version was. So now the uh, now it's timely releasing on the Switch as well. Adol awakens shipwrecked and stranded on a cursed island. There, he and the other shipwrecked passengers he rescues from a village to challenge fearsome beasts and mysterious ruins on the isolated island. Amidst this, Adol begins to dream of a mysterious blue-haired maiden living in an unknown world. Join Adol as he unravels the riddle of the cursed isle and the blue-haired maiden Donna in Ease 8, Lacrimosa of Donna. Uh, yeah. Again, just like I talked about with Nier Automata. 
buy this game. Justin's actually buying it on Switch, even though he's finished it on PS4. So that good, huh? It's amazing. It's one of the best ease games in a very long time. Like it's so I like good. Ease, so you know like ease, so. Yeah, it, it's so I'm good. Chill, check it out. I uh, obviously, you know, already f I, I'm not rebuying it. I did. I did obviously review it for Level Down Games on PS4 when it came out from NIS America. Shout out to them. Thanks for the copy. But uh, I, I'm not going to pick it up again on Switch. We have nothing on Wednesday, nothing on Thursday. We're going to move to Friday, June 29th. We got four more games releasing this Friday. We're going to kick things off with a game coming to PC, Nintendo Switch and Xbox One because it's already available on PS4. That's Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Your favorite marsupial, Crash Bandicoot, is back. He's enhanced, entranced, and ready to dance with the Insane Trilogy. Relive all your favorite moments in Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back, and Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped, now in fully remastered graphical glory. Fantastic game. Obviously, I picked this up on PS4 when it released. It looks gorgeous. Uh, highly recommend picking this up if you don't own a PS4 because it's a great game. Fantastic game. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, and it's it's funny because obviously Crash Bandicoot was so synonymous with PlayStation during the battle PS1 Nintendo 64. Now this game is coming to the Switch. And in all honesty, it's a perfect Switch title because it's a platformer, so... It feels right yeah. at home. If, even though it was synonymous with PlayStation, it was never a Sony IP. This was uh, this was owned by Activision, so uh, you know it feels right at home on Nintendo platforms. So I, if I didn't own it on PS4, I'd probably buy it on Switch. Uh, the next game coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One: The Crew Two. Take on the American motorsports scene as you explore and dominate the land, air, and sea across the entire USA. With a wide variety of cars, bikes, boats, and planes, compete in a wide range of driving disciplines. I am not picking this one up. I was not no, a fan. I was not a fan of the first crew. Uh, this game just definitely does not appeal to me. So I, I will be skipping this one. Uh, a game that Jessica is very excited for coming to PlayStation Vita. Psychedelica of the Ashenhawk. Psychedelica of the Ashenhawk is a suspense-filled tale of a young woman who was born with an eye that gleams with a scarlet light. In order to avoid being cast out, she masquerades as a young boy and lives in a derelict tower on the outskirts of town. One day, a mysterious treasures a, a mysterious treasure stolen from the city church. Our heroine learns that not only do magic stones exist and are hidden within the city, but also the secret of her origins. This is a Notome visual novel, so. There's going to be one where the girl it dates a bunch of guys. insane. Yeah, but she likes this kind of games. Uh, obviously, it's an Otome visual novel where you play as a girl, date a bunch of guys, so it'll be fun. The last game releasing this week, coming to Nintendo Switch, Wolfenstein 2 The New Colossus. That's also this Friday. Fight through post-nuclear Manhattan, occupied Roswell, New Mexico, and embattled bayous and boulevards of New Orleans as you liberate the American people from the Nazis. As BJ Blazkowicz, experience an unforgettable action-packed story brought to life by extraordinary characters. Reunite with your friends and, and fellow freedom fighters as you take on the evil Frau Engel and her Nazi army. Wage the second American revolution. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Wage the second American revolution your way at home or now on the go. And for the perfect blend of immersion and accuracy, utilize the Nintendo Switch's unique motion controls to stop the Nazi threat. Don't. Yes, use them Joy-Cons. Stop the Nazi threat. You like you like killing Nazis. Now you can swing your arms around and pretend like you're killing them right in your room. I'm killing Nazi. <laughs> Pick of the week this week. What are you going to go with? Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Psychedelica Hyperwind Mega Farm. No, it's not releasing this week. I don't even know if that's a game. That's uh, the, the visual novel. That's what you're going with? No. A, a, game, a, uh, game, a game you're not going to play? 
No, move with us. Okay, I'm gonna go Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Um, I don't. I, it should be good, but I just I, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely a week of re-releases and remasters. It's definitely obviously the mm-hmm. the the biggest new game releasing this week is the Crew Two, but I'm not excited for that. So I'm going to go for the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit as my pick of the week this week. Uh, obviously, I'm a I huge fan of the soundtrack. Me too. I'm a huge fan of Don't Nod. I uh, love Life is Strange. My first game was fantastic. So excited to play this basically tie in title to the second title to the second, you know, to the sequel Life is Strange 2. So your pick of the week is Luminous Remastered. Mine will be the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Hey guys, Brian here from the Max Level Podcast. I want to talk to you real quick about the Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with the Lazy Boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG, stands for Level Down Games. Offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. I myself bought a Technisport gaming chair back in March of this year, and let me tell you, it was one of the smartest decisions I have ever made in a very, very, very long time. Before this chair, I had an executive leather office chair that my girlfriend and I bought at either Staples or Office Max about six years ago. It leaned back way more than it ever should have. The padding was completely gone. It was like sitting on metal. I did my research. I looked around at different companies. I landed at Technisport Gaming Chairs. Yes, we have the affiliate with them. There's a reason that I chose them to do the affiliate though. I really feel like they're the best gaming chairs out there on the market. The one I have is extremely comfortable. I sit in my chair 10 to 12 hours a day. My legs don't fall asleep. My back no longer hurts thanks to the adjustable pillow for both my head and my back. The armrests are adjustable and they can go in different positions and it's like sitting on a cloud. My butt never gets tired. It's great. I love this chair. It's exactly what I needed for someone that works at home and does this 24 seven. Again, sitting 10 to 12 hours in a studio, working on videos, streaming on Twitch and making stuff for YouTube. I highly recommend it. Techie Sport Gaming Chairs, look no further if you're looking for a new chair. Let's get back to the Max Level Podcast. Let's gonna take us into a interesting thing I wanna talk about. And I did talk to you about this a little bit already this past week because I want to kind of to give you an idea. I didn't tell you this was going to be the main discussion of the podcast. I do like to catch you off guard, but I already kind of gave you an idea by having you look the story up a few days ago. It's time to say goodbye to GameStop. I think it's I think it's uh, it's time, dude. We, we, we got to deliver the GameStop eulogy. So for those for those unfamiliar, GameStop has confirmed it is talking and seeking a potential buyout. I pulled this article up. I mean, it was everywhere, but the one I chose to pull up for this particular one here was on GameSpot.com. The video game retail store GameStop is reportedly looking for a buyer. Reuters reports that the corporation is in talks with private equity firms after having received interest in a buyout. The company has also hired a financial advisor, according to people familiar with the matter. Though it is hosting talks, the company is undecided on whether it will decide to sell. Still, shares of the company rose this week upon news of the potential buyout. 
This may have been prompted in part by a letter the company received in May from Hedge Fund Tiger Management LLC calling for changes at the company and a strategic review. The company confirmed exploratory discussions in a statement, but made no commitment to sell and preempted further comments. GameStop does not intend to make any additional comments regarding these discussions unless and until it is appropriate to do so. GameStop has had a rocky year. The stock has slid more than 32% over the last 12 months, and in May, its newly named CEO, Michael Mahler, announced he was leaving after only three months on the job. Former Xbox executive Shane Kim is currently serving as interim CEO. As the video game industry has moved more into digital distribution, GameStop has pivoted deeper into used game sales and pop culture collectibles. The used market may be under threat now as well, with services like Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Now offering a wide library of games for a subscription price, which could replace used games as a cheap option for older titles for some gamers. So this guy, this kind of ties into what we talked about last week where we speculated on what we could potentially see with the next generation consoles, PS5, Xbox, Project Scarlet, and how I feel like, you know, there will be these game platforms, so to speak, like Halo Infinite being a platform that releases expansions as opposed to releasing new Halos every single year. Same thing with Madden, same thing with um, Doom, all these things now we, we can see as platforms instead of new releases every single year or every couple years. But it's interesting because they do mention Xbox Game Pass because that is a great deal. So I think we have to consider Xbox Game Pass. I think we have to consider EA Access. Uh, I think we have to consider PlayStation Now because there is a rumor that at some point in the near future, Sony is going to also go the Xbox Game Pass with PlayStation Now. So you'll be able to play new release Sony IPs or games that they strike up a relationship with as, you know, if you have a PlayStation Now subscription you won't have to buy the game you can just pay 10 15 20 bucks a month and have access to these games and i think that's like i said that is such a brilliant model and when we talked about xbox game pass originally i i said that i would subscribe to every studio that did this like you know if if nintendo had their own where you could play new released nintendo ips the day they came out for say 10 anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks a month i'd pay it same thing with Sony. I'd pay it. I, I subscribe to Xbox Game Pass now. I If EA Access was on PS4, I'd subscribe, dude. They, they put more games on the console version than they do the PC version. I could subscribe to EA Access on PC right now and be okay. But they obviously release more titles on the Xbox One than they do on PC. So I really wish that that was on PS4. But because Sony kind of screwed EA a little bit with not letting them put it on there originally... I think EA is kind of bitter, which is why we still don't see EA access on on PS4 or potentially they want it. And Sony still doesn't want it. Who knows? Um, just crazy. So if if that ends up being the model going forward for next gen titles, dude, I'd be I'd be I'd be so happy if I could pay, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks for four companies. That's not bad. It's Xbox, it's Sony, Nintendo, EA. Say I could pay 70 bucks total for all four of those. That's basically the price of one game plus tax. I pay that every month. Anyway, I buy more than one game a month. So I pay that every month. I have access to download the titles, play it as long as I want and be happy. Like that's that's perfect. If every studio did this, I'd be so happy. If Activision did this, if Bethesda did this, if Square Enix did this, I would be willing to pay upwards of like 120 to 150 bucks total for all these subscription services. You would too. No. How many games? How many? How many games do you buy a month? How many games do you buy a month? 
one or two. So yeah, that's about 120 bucks. Right? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right, Brian. No, no shit. <laughs> so wow. You, wow. You, you buy two games. It's already 120 bucks a month. If you could say get access to every major publisher, first party and third party for like 120 to 150 bucks, why wouldn't you do it? And you buy way more than one or two games per month, by the way. You buy like three Big or four games. a month. Little games in between. Okay. Which add up to like 10 or 20, 30 bucks, if not more. True, true, true. Okay, Brian, I said you were right. We don't have to keep rubbing it in. No, we do need to keep rubbing it in. Because every time I bring up these good points, you're like, there's no way that's too expensive. And you just, I, 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 I feel like you don't, uh, you don't look at the big picture and, and actually fully take into what's being talked about. Pictures. Yes. I know you're always looking at pictures, but it's not the kind of pictures that uh, I want you to be looking at. So. I need you to look but, at the bigger picture, not those pictures. Oh, I, I can look at the bigger, but then, you know, my eyes will just. <laughs> so uh, I know you did a little bit of research here. So what did you find out? Uh, so it looks like the group that's looking to purchase GameStop is uh, Sycamore Partners. They they actually the ones that recently bought Staples. They own Hot Topic, uh, Nine West, the clothing store. Okay. So I'm wondering just what the model of GameStop would be. Well, I think we already have a good um, indicator of what it is going to be. Because GameStop has a lot of subsidiaries. GameStop has the whole Geek Network, so ThinkGeek and all stuff like that. that. Those are also their holdings. I think I think we already have a good idea of what the model of GameStop will be in the future because it's already shifting itself more and more to an FYE-style thing. So FYE, obviously, before, mm-hmm. you know, for your entertainment, they used to be all about CDs, DVDs, and, you know, cassettes, all that kind of stuff when that was all still popular. But, they, you know, that was mostly a CD and DVD store. You walk into an FYE today and you you're bombarded with an entire wall full of Funko Pops you have an entire oh, wall yeah. full of collectibles like Rick and Morty South Park anime magazines you know horror stuff like Chucky um, Jason Freddy it, it's basically like a collectible you, store and the, then, the music section keeps getting smaller and the music smaller section and smaller. is smaller and smaller and smaller, and smaller. I, yeah Jessica and I were at one last week as well when we went to a mall uh, you know the back wall you have a uh, you know guitars on there signed by actual guitarists from these bands and you know there is still a DVD section but it's like one small little section of one of the walls and then you have the CD section and there's still in the one that we went to, there were still three aisles, but the aisles themselves were about a fourth of the store. So it, tucked away in the back corner is was the DVDs on the wall. And then the CDs were, you know, three aisles, but a fourth of the store in length tucked in the back corner. Everything else in the store is merchandise, clothing, Funko Pops, collectibles, anime, freaking shoes. Like they, they have like, I, yeah, I really feel like everything. that. Yeah, that that is kind of what I feel like GameStop is going to become. Because in all actuality, they're already starting. If you go into a GameStop now, which I don't, I haven't been to a GameStop in forever, but I mean, I do, I do pop in on Black Fridays because I do like to see what they have on sale. Um, but mm-hmm. when I was, when I was at GameStop this past Black Friday, they had a half of a wall was dedicated to things like Funko Pops and like collectibles they had. And where, where you used to have like used video game bins out on the floor, there were t-shirt racks for certain things that were GameStop exclusive t-shirts. They take iPads. And plushies they and take, socks and yeah. And, and you could trade in iPads. You could trade in cell phones to GameStop. Now you could trade in iPods, MP3 players. Uh, if Zooms are still a thing, I'm probably sure you could trade in Zooms. Um, and those are, those have a dedicated section on the wall now where you can go up and look at used iPads and used tablets and used cell phones and buy them from GameStop. 
and it's only going to get worse. So once a new buyer comes in, once GameStop is sold, you will see the games sections drastically decrease. So the new game sections will get smaller and smaller. They may stop carrying everything. You know, they might only carry the big titles like, you know, FYE only carries the bigger releases. You can't find obscure new releases for new bands at FYE anymore. Can't even find them at Best Buy anymore. But, um, you know, that's that's where Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff comes into play. Amazon Music. But, you know, GameStop might only carry new titles going forward and they might stop carrying used games completely. If things like Xbox Game Pass, PlayStation Now, EA Access, all these titles, you know, as we get more and more into the digital age where you can't trade in titles. What's the point in having a used section then? So. Exactly. I really, I really feel like GameStop is going to become basically FYE. I don't think GameStop's going away yet. I do still think that is in the future. I do still think we are going to have to say the eulogy to GameStop as we know it, which dude, I'm excited for that day. The day that GameStop, oh, GameStop, the the day that GameStop stops selling games, will potentially be one of the best days of my life. I hate that company. <laughs> <laughs> I legit hate that company, and. I, I'm I'm sad that they're even seeking a buyer. I kind of wish they would just go bankrupt and go out, go away. Okay. I'm, you know, GameStop. My head the tables are turned. I'm gonna make you an offer. I can give you seventeen dollars eighty five cents. Yeah. And what what would you do with yeah. GameStop for seventeen eighty five? Um, just use the units to house the homeless. See, I'm solving two problems. You're there welcome. you go. There you go. So for $17.85 GameStop, we will buy it and we will use it as homeless shelters. And we will we will assist people with living facilities. We'll provide beds. We'll provide shelter. And we'll rid the world of your crappy sales tactics and your crappy stores. Oh, no, no, no. If you want to stay in this shelter, you have to make sure that you uh, get pre-orders for other people <laughs> to stay in the shelter. So here's the thing. We sell a subscription service to the GameStop shelters and for uh, for, you know, for 15 bucks a year, you have you get the a weekly or a monthly magazine that talks about all the happenings in the world. And then you can pre-order your bed at the shelter for five dollars down um, and you get the the newest bed each month that when you, something like that. I don't know. We'll have to figure out the logistics. We'll figure it out, but yeah, we're, we're, you know, it's gonna work. It's it's it can't fail. <laughs> just like GameStop, you can't buy beds online. Just <laughs> just like GameStop thought it wouldn't fail at one point as well, but it did. But it absolutely did. But no, obviously this is just like the uh, the World Health Organization and you know, this whole crap with the mental disorders going on. Uh, this is gonna be another story that we continuously keep up on because I I want to see the death of GameStop. I do. I mean, I worked for them for six years. Justin worked for them for almost ten years. Um, Just—it's a terrible company. I've been—I've been patronizing them since they were babbages, so thirty-something years now. But you don't anymore. If you still do, I'm disappointed. Not anymore. That's what I told you. I won't even walk into the place anymore. Yeah. If I I, I want something. Yeah. Uh, I—I want to see the death of GameStop. As, as, a, as a game store. I don't care if they stick around like FYE and sell some collectibles, whatever. If you want to do that, whatever. But I want to see the game sales go away because that's I, I think their tactics are crappy. I think, you know, pushing, making their employees continuously push these stupid services, these stupid, you know, subscription services for Game Informer or your pre-orders and, and tying it to their jobs. Basically, you know, you have to hit these numbers or you risk losing your job. I hate that. 
I absolutely hate that. So and I and I get that that's not exclusive to GameStop, but GameStop is the only company I have um, experience with that does do that, which is why I hate them and why I would like to see them go away. So, but that's gonna be it. Let's go ahead and move into a little kickstart my heart. Time to uh, see. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Time to kickstart my heart, and I found something kind of peaceful for this episode. Something that uh, is is kind of right up my alley um, because it's an open world adventure game about cats that live on a yeah but it's not uh, the good life about cats that live on a remote island in Maine and what happens when humans disappear the game is called Peace Island they're currently looking for $25,000 and they're only sitting at $1,700 they've got 34 backers with 27 days to go like I said, Peace Island is an open-world story-driven adventure game set on a small remote main island community. The story unfolds from the perspective of nine cats who call the island home, when they wake up one day to find that their human companions have vanished. The game will be an interactive story-driven experience which will focus on discovery, atmosphere, exploration, and exploration rather than combat. The player will have the opportunity to experience multiple divergent storylines as they approach the ultimate decision are humans even worth bringing back? <laughs> Play as a cat. The world is your cheeseburger. Relax in the sun, chase mice, climb as high as you can, and play contextual minigames to hunt and find out why staring at walls is just so dang important. Explore. A huge persistent game world so teeming with life and important stuff to do you have no need of or nor interest in fast travel. Dozens of unique handcrafted interiors loaded with detail and clues that might help you along the way. Complete many side quests to unlock more of the island's history. The secrets of the humans through the documentation and artifacts left behind are yours to discover, as is a unique alternate history timeline covering over 200 years. Cooperate. Gain the confidence of the other animals on Peace Island. It's good to have friends in tough times. All nine cats must work together to secure a future for themselves and the world. Peace Island is also a personal homage to the beauty of Maine Islands and to the cats who I have been or who the developer has been lucky enough to meet and share his life with. <laughs> it will be an not my life. It will be an examination of the bonds between us and our pets, as well as the relationship we all have with the world around us. In creating Peace Island, they are attempting to expand the emotional palette of gaming and create an engrossing, entertaining experience that not only thrills the thrills and intrigues, but also leaves the player with much to think about long after the game is over. So they did release a little bit of the backstory for the story I do want to talk about. It says here, Elizabeth hasn't had the best of days. It began with being gently shoved into the plastic, to the big plastic box that usually meant a trip to the doctor. She made her opinion about the situation well known as she was carried away. I'm assuming Elizabeth is a cat. The, an <laughs> the anticipated pokes and prods never materialized, thankfully enough, but it was loud and bright and noisy outside of her tiny confines. Fortunately, the box was lined with her favorite blanket. Her occasional pro um, protestations were met with a steady stream of reassuring murmurs and generous treats shoved in between the shiny bars of her temporary prison. The ever-changing tableau of alien color and shape outside faded as a grudging sleep overcame her. She was with her human, after all. As long as they were together, she knew she was safe. When she awoke some time later, the door to her cage was open. Any fear of the unfamiliar was banished when she caught the scent of fresh food just beyond her confines. Yet, the apartment she find herself in was silent. 
Her human is nowhere to be found, and the unfamiliar sight of an open door beckons. She would rather stay inside, but she can hear the cries of one of her kind just outside. Thus begins the story of Peace Island, a mix of science fiction, alternate history, and mystery. As Elizabeth emerges into the world beyond, she learns about her new home, the other cats on the island, and the now-departed human residents. Her journey will take her and her companions to the furthest reaches of the island as they work to ensure their own survival and decide the fate of humanity itself. I think this sounds really cool. I don't know. Like, this is a game that I definitely pretty, would be down to play. It's pretty interesting. I just don't know if it's going to make it. I don't think it will, which is unfortunate, which is why I wanted to basically talk about this one today, um, because I don't know, dude, like I like I, I feel like it's a walkie simulator and that's fine because I like those kind of games. I like Firewatch. I like, you know, the vanishing of Ethan Carter. I like everyone's gone to the rapture. Like I like those kind of games. Um, the What Remains of Edith Finch is fantastic, and that's a walking simulator. Obviously, they're taught those are basically adventure games. Walking simulator is sometimes a negative term. I don't use it in a negative manner, though, but that's what you do in those games. You walk. I feel like Death Stranding is on its way to be a huge walking simulator based on what we saw at E3. So, I mean, it's just I don't I don't use those terms in a negative fashion, but that's just what the game is. But this one here where you're playing as a cat in an alternate setting, trying to figure out what happened to humans and befriending other animals. The game is pretty looking. I'm looking at the screenshots. The game is really pretty. So I really hope that it does make it because it's a game I want to play. Um, I don't see any stretch goals as I, as I, as you know, as I uh, scroll through this, obviously, yeah, there are, because, there are. oh, there they are. They're out here. Um, 30, um, 35K is the Oculus Rift VR support. Yeah, 45K is oh, console. is console. Yeah, okay, so they do have stretch goals. Um, Probably not even going to make the initial donation of 25000 but uh, we'll have to see. I really do hope it does. Uh, it looks like in order to actually get a copy of the game, you would have to pledge $36 or more. For $18 or more, you'll get um, Peace Island postcards, early access to a demo, early access to daily development news and screenshots, and your name will be in the credits. But in order to actually get a full copy of the game when it comes out, it requires that $36 or more. And the estimated delivery time would be November 2018. So if this game does make it, it will be November 2018 release date. So I have, There's I have, no way it's coming out November 2018. Well, it's probably because it's not coming out at all. It's a, it, it's a very... It's a simplistic it's, game, dude. It's a simplistic game. This, if this if this gets if this gets funded, it's easily releasing November this year. It's a very simplistic I'm gonna, game. I'm keep the, I'm gonna, I'll keep a reminder on this one so I can watch it. Okay. Yeah, let let us know. Obviously, you always do the uh, you always do the uh, follow ups, which is time to check out the follow ups. I think the only follow up we have to worry about is Temtem, right? It is Temtem. Yeah. Uh, Temtem is at three hundred and thirty six thousand one hundred fifty four dollars. Okay. Uh, so we're just about to hit that 400,000 uh, goal of uh, guilds and Temtem, so clubs that you can do things in. Yeah, what you talked about you wanted uh, last week to happen, so. It, it's close. Uh, I mean, what we have here, as of the time of this recording, six more days. Okay. So. At the time of you hearing this, in six more days, eight days yeah. from recording it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, there is the potential that, um, I really don't I think, think I, don't think, I don't think it's going to hit the 500,000. I don't. 500,000 really just would have been weekly tournaments, so mm -hmm. that's something I really would have even cared about in the first place. Right. Um, uh, I, I wonder um, when they're going to reach out to you to see what copies you want 
on it. I wonder if it'll be after it gets funded or not, or when it gets it's closer to release. It's usually after it's funded, they ask you for your name and such because you want to put you in the credits and yeah. add you your name to appear in the credits. Cool. They have to approve that as well. You can't just, you know. Right. Well, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited because obviously we're getting two digital copies on the Switch, so I'm excited for Temtem. I'm excited for Temtem. I am. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're getting that. They, they definitely need to ask me which which version I want because we're definitely getting these on Switch. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like I said, I would have played the PC version because it would have been great, but I, I would much prefer to play it on the on the uh, Switch. That's definitely it's a, it's a Switch game. It's a total Switch game, which is why it's coming to the Switch. It's only Switch and PC. It's not even coming to PS4 and Xbox, is it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Like, it's only Switch and PC. This is a total Switch game. I think they created this Kickstarter hoping they would eventually make it to the Switch because they want this game on the Switch. It's going to sell, like, freaking hotcakes on the Switch, dude. Even people that don't pledge you to the Kickstarter when this game is released are going to pick this up based off of how similar it looks to Pokemon. Oh, 100%. So, yeah, so it's cool. Um, But, dude, that we're going to do it. It's going to bring us to the close of the show. Normal episode length. Normal, wow. normal episode length, obviously, uh, still a l right around an hour and a half. So, um, you know, there, there will be episodes that still reach this length. There will be some episodes that uh, might get closer to an hour and 15. But this is going to be kind of what you see going forward here from the Maxwell podcast. So a much more a, a much more easy time and a, and a smooth, much clean, efficient. Yeah, smooth, clean, efficient and uh, easier on the ears because, you know, you don't have to listen to Frank's voice for two hours. Wow, Brian, you're looking at the end of the podcast. I'm going to shut you down right now. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here today? I think we said it all. All right. Well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to the Maxable Podcast. We also want to thank Dance with the Dead once again for all the awesome music. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games, so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis. Remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Tech Day Sport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of the affiliate links means the absolute world to us. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to share your support by either leaving a review or a comment, hitting that like button, and if you aren't already, subscribe. Be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash leveldowngames for other live streams and events, which hopefully will still be four and five days a week. We can also be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check the description box below for the appropriate links. Until next week, we keep gaining experience until you reach max level. Level.